0: Listen, I don't want to do all the announcements because they come across the screen. I'm excited about today's teaching. We've done the hello. We've welcomed everybody. We've told you what the motto is. We've told you to share and tell us where you're watching from. But today, I want to get back into the teaching. How many of you were here and heard last week's teaching? Christ is the answer. Last week, we started with part one i want to know who was here that was such a powerful teaching that all started from a powerful dream and even though we were on vacation this week, I just kept thinking about that dream and praying over that dream and being excited about that dream. And even on yesterday, I got back home and I had to call Pastor Cynthia. And I said, I got to tell you about this dream that Pastor Ellen had because it is such a powerful dream. And then she got excited about it. And we begin to talk about the different things that the dream um A dream means and what Jesus is saying to us and what he desires to do that. I love it. Courtney put it in the comments. Come on. Ivan, put it in the comments. We need all of you. Number one, keep sharing, keep comment, tagging your folks that you don't normally see, but I need you to put in the comments there's a Christ for that. There's a Christ for that. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to have Pastor Elwin recap this dream. Now listen, y'all got to tell Pastor Elwin that he has got to employ the fruit of the spirit because I know that he is tired of me asking him to tell this dream, but ain't no point. You know, that old song, I don't feel no way's tired yet. That might as well be his motto. Ain't no point in him getting tired because I think it is such a privilege and an honor that God would give us dreams, dreams and visions. They are the language of the spirit. And when our pastor, who is not a dreamer, starts dreaming, and it is so clearly, come on, we love that dream, Pastor Elwin. We love that dream. You know what you probably should do? (laughs) What you probably should do is we should make a recording where you just shared a dream and we just, just a little bit like a five minute blur. So those of us who want to hear the dream can just hear the dream right? You don't, don't get no way. We ain't no ways tired. Don't get tired of this. Look at the people. They're like, this dream blessed me so much. Now, listen, if you're excited about Jesus, I need you to begin to right where you are, begin to open up your mouth and call on the name of Jesus. The Bible says that if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him, Come on, I want you to begin to call on the name of Jesus. I I want you to begin to offer up thanksgiving. I want you to begin to set your heart in agreement to receive what God has for us today. It is not enough that you got on the live. It is not enough that you have your notebook. You must set your heart to receive. Whose heart is in receiving mode this morning? I'm not talking about stuff. I'm not talking about jobs. I'm not talking about material possessions. I am talking about Jesus. Who is in expectation to receive Jesus today? I want more of Jesus. I want to understand him more. I want more intimacy with him. I want to walk with him. Come on, give God some praise. Let us pray. Most gracious heavenly father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving we bless you, we honor you, we lift you up. This is the day Mm. you have made and we are the people you have made and we choose to rejoice. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. There is no shadow of turning in you. You are good. You are kind. You are merciful. You are faithful. And we declare your glory throughout the earth. From every state represented, from every city represented, we declare that God is good. Now, Father, you said that anytime that we see, hear, and understand, that we shall be converted and we shall be healed. Now, as we dig into the revelation of both this dream and scripture today, we declare that that scripture is becoming manifest in our life. We do see, we do hear, we do understand. As As a result, we are converted and we are healed. This is our receiving day in Jesus' name. Now, we pray that as this word goes forth, that if there is anybody listening that does not know you, they will be compelled and convicted to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we declare that if there is anybody listening that is in a backslidden state, that your heart would be pricked and you would be convicted to come home to the Lord. We decree it and we declare it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and give the Lord some praise. I need your heart as Pastor Chris say. I need your fire as Pastor Chris say. I need your energy this morning because there is a Christ for that. Amen. Now listen, I done set you up real smooth. This, I mean like literally, I, I, I'm your hype girl this morning. Okay. And what we need is when you tell this dream. We need you, Kevin Hart say, we need you to say which chest.
1: So I will tell the dream. What do you want me to start?
0: The beginning. <laughs> I want you to start. And every time I'm going to ask you, I want you to start at the beginning. I feel like I should
1: paraphrase.
0: No, nobody wants a paraphrase. <laughs> tell this man, we don't want no paraphrase. We don't want no paraphrase. We. It's just like this, guys. And this is so thing. See, you thought about the dream and the dream is familiar to you. But let this be an instruction to you guys. You will, if you're not careful, you'll want to paraphrase scripture. <laughs> and when you paraphrase scripture, you will miss the life and the meat and the drink and the truth that's in scripture. We don't want no, we don't want no cliff no version of that. dream. Come on, did tell it? No, nope, it was my dream. Come on.
1: <laughs> so here's how the dream went. Um, basically... I was I I was dreaming that I had to go pick Jordan up from school, which I do regularly. Uh, But in my dream, when I got to the school to pick her up, um, she had texted me and said that she would be about another hour. So instead of me driving back home and then coming back to get her, uh, I decided to just stay in the parking lot and wait. And when I was in the parking lot and waiting, this is all happening in my dream. I actually fell asleep. So I'm in my dream, falling asleep in my dream. When I fall asleep in my dream, uh, the best I can describe it is that I have I have an encounter with God, uh, and, and with this encounter uh, with God, uh, I don't even really remember all the details of it. But basically, I, I end up uh, with God uh, saying to me, He wanted me to share a word with His people. And the word that he that he said was to tell them that there is a Christ for that. And of course, I didn't know in my dream. I did not know what it meant. I was like trying to figure out, you know, was that hyperbole? Was it? Was it? Was it? You know, something that I wasn't getting. So I, I just kind of asked, you know, what does that mean? And, and of course, in my dream, uh, the Lord smiled and said, "Come, let me show you." Uh, and so basically he takes me to <laughs> the what, what I can only describe, uh, in my, in my language is as a cathedral, but it was a cathedral bigger than anything you could ever imagine. It was like, like literally like just, just massive. Um, and we walked through it and as we walked through it on the right hand side, there were, there were people from all walks of life, every race, every, every gender, you know, just just every every nationality was represented and they were kind of like just divided. Uh, there were no dividers there, but they were just divided into these sections. And you could see that there were people who were suffering from 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 everything. Like literally in my dream, it, it it's, it's almost like there was a sign over them that told me what they were suffering from. It wasn't. But it was like I could tell whatever they were going through, whether they were depressed, whether they were sick in their body, what that sickness was, whether they had uh, pressure on their mind, whether they were, uh, you know, in financial distress, whatever it was, I could I could tell what it was. And we got to the very end of this and Christ is saying and God is telling me, he said, tell them there's a Christ for that. And, and and i didn't fully understand it. i just remember in the dream him taking putting his like his hands on my shoulders and kind of turning me around and as he turns me around because we walked by all these people uh as we as i turn around all I see is what I assume in my dream is Jesus, because it's just this glo- it's just glorious light. I can't really describe it. It's brighter than everything you've seen, but not so bright that it blinds you. It's not that kind of light, uh, but a kind of light is just brighter than what you've ever seen, but not one that, that makes you squint or anything like that. So as he begins to walk by these thousands of people, he just began to walk by them. Um, whatever their situation was, it literally like became the opposite. Um, if they were brokenhearted, their heart was repaired. If they were sick in their body, they were now healed. If they were depressed, they were now joyful. Uh, every burden they had went away.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Every,
1: every burden was Thank gone, you, Jesus. Um, and it was interesting because he didn't he didn't walk by, he didn't talk to any of them. He just walked by their situation, so to speak. And of course, I've had a lot of time to process and think about this dream over and over and over. You know, and it's just it's. It's a powerful dream, um, but it's not just a dream. It's reality. It's it's really our reality. You know, we read the scripture last week in Matthew where it talked about come unto me, all ye that are uh, weary and heavy burdened and I'll give you rest. Right. We read that last week. And, and I thought about that with this week, that that's really what that was, that. Uh, just getting in the presence of the anointing because we know that Christ is not Jesus's last name. Amen. We understand that, that, that that word Christ means anointing and Jesus was the Christ. He was the anointed one, God's chosen one you, who carries the anointing with him. And as a result, Um, You know, we know him as Jesus Christ in the Bible days. Some of them called him Jesus, the son of Joseph or Jesus Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth. They called him different names. We know him as Jesus Christ because we know him as the anointed one who carries the anointing with glory. And so it was literally like God was saying, tell my people. I have an anointing for every burden that they have. Thank you, Jesus. I have an anointing for every problem that they're facing. I have an anointing for every situation that they find themselves in. And so that's why I guess the dream was just so powerful to me because it was was literally God taking scripture and showing it to me in a dream. And so that was just it was powerful for me. So that's it was
0: powerful for all of us. And guys, you know, one of the things that I try to teach um, you guys how to do is how to respond to our man of God and how to respond to a word. I believe this dream should be treated with the weight that we are treating, treating the guiding word. I believe that this dream should be something we're meditating on, something we're chewing on, that anytime it looks like we're facing something that seems to be too big for us, that seems to be weighing us down, that seems to, that, that it is when we receive a word. It is our responsibility to put our weight on it. The word won't profit us. We looked at that scripture a couple of weeks ago in Hebrews. It says, if it is not mixed with with faith faith in those who heard it, you have to, you have to say you, this has to go from being Pastor Edwin had a dream to God gave him a dream for me. And that dream is my answer for every situation. So it does not matter what I am facing. It does not matter how long I have been facing it. It does not matter how big it seems There is a Christ for that. Mm -hmm. You must begin to get so stared up in this room, in this word, that if a situation the size of of a gorilla, the size of Godzilla seems to come into your life, out of your belly, you would begin to say, but there's a Christ for that, right? There There is a Christ for that. This scripture is about alignment. It is about alignment. This dream is about alignment. It is about shifting our focus. Because if we're honest, many of us love Jesus, but he is not center stage. He is, he is, it's not that we don't love him. It's not that we haven't accepted him. It's that when we're looking at money, we're not looking at him. When we're looking at health challenges, when we're looking at family problems, we're not looking at him. And this is such an invitation to say, there is an anointing on him that has been made available to every single believer, but we must believe to receive.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I thought about on this week, because obviously I just replayed the dream. I think about it, you know, and one of the things I thought about is that Christ was I don't want to use this word in the wrong way, but just hear me out when he was walking past him. I won't use the word generic. I use this word. When he was walking past them, he was the same Christ who passed everybody, but he was specific anointing to their problem. It was the same Christ who walked by everyone, but every person had a different issue. And that Christ, that anointing, when we say there's a Christ for that, it wasn't just Christ. It was a specific anointing for their problem. Jesus has the ability to be specifically what every single person needs.
0: Absolutely. That it's not he's
1: That's not good. a he's not a generic solution, is what I was trying to say. No, he's, he's not. He's not a generic solution. Jesus is a specific problem solver for every believer. For for every person. But I use the word believer because again, we go back to talking about how when I when I when I was there, I was in a cathedral. And I believe, you, you know, like you talked about that cathedral represented church for well, what we know as church. The people in the church, we think sometimes that the words like this are for people who don't know Christ or people who are atheists or people who uh, have walked away from God. But this word is also for people who are still in the church, who still come to every service. They still pray. They still fast. They still give. They still serve. But they are still suffering. Their marriages are, are torn up. Uh, their health is, is in shambles, their financial outlook is bleak. And, and God is saying, listen, you don't have to be in the house and be suffering. There's a Christ for that. There's an, There's an anointing, an anointing on, to break on. you through that is specifically designed for your problem, for your situation and whatever you're facing.
0: No, that's so good. I was really thinking about this. Um, we're going to get into some scripture because I want to, I wanted to I, you know, for me, I when we have a dream, when we have a guiding word, I want us to be able to find scripture to support that. It says, let every word be established by two or three witnesses. So we want to look at scripture. But I want you to understand this. And I I need all of you, number one, to share this one more time on your Facebook page, on your story, to tag a friend. But I really want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. Jesus is everything. He is but he can only be to you what you believe he is. Mm. Jesus is everything, but he can only be to you what you believe he is. And I want you to understand why in the beginning, when God creates man, he creates man in his image and his likeness. That's what scripture says, right? He says, we're going to make man in our image, man in our likeness, and he's going to give them dominion over the earth realm. In order for Jesus to even get in the earth realm, a man had to invite him in, which is why God began to engage with Abraham to get Abraham to offer his son so God could get his son in the earth to deal with sin. So many of you, the reason you are in the church and you are suffering is that you have limited who Jesus is. You have limited Jesus to he is, I know I'm going to heaven, Mm. or I know he's a healer, but I don't know he's a financer, or I know he's a mind regulator, but I don't know that he's a physical healer. And so if I don't break the limits off of who Jesus is, I can be in his presence and not be impacted. And this is why it's the fellowship and the intimacy, because one of the things I want to ask you guys, I want you to think about this. How many of you have ever known someone, but you don't really know what they do. Mm -hmm. And I remember in 2020 when my friends Shannon and Shantae came to my soul shift event, Right. And they, neither one of them have ever taken a class with me at that point. And both of them said to me, I didn't know you did this. So it is possible for you to know Jesus in some capacity, but not know him in another capacity. And this dream is an invitation to say, don't just take a little bit. You know, um, it's not just um, ankle deep, not just knee deep, not just waist deep. Let's go all the way Mm -hmm. in. Let it, the Bible tells us in 1 John 3 that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Anything that is in your life that is not from God is a work of the enemy, yeah, and end. Jesus came to free you. Now, it's our responsibility to get to know him in the areas that maybe we don't know him as well in. Yeah. um, You know, a, a great example for us would be Jordan, Right. You can't talk us out of our faith with Jordan and healing. We know that God can make someone talk that cannot talk. You cannot convince us. But many of you, you need to expand the experiences you are having with Jesus because you have limited him and given him access to one area of your life. And for many of you, you've really only given him access to your eternity. I have accepted Jesus as my savior, so I don't go to hell. But I want you to know that this anointing not only keeps you from going to hell in eternity, it will break every chain of hell off of your life right now while you're on the ground, while you're still around. Yeah. And you've got to steer your faith. Come on and just declare Jesus is Lord right now. You need to say that. Now, we can confirm this scripture, this dream with scripture, Let's look at Luke, look at Luke, the fourth chapter, the 14th verse in the easy to read version. It says Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing mm-hmm. now jesus goes to the synagogue and they bring him the text the scroll from isaiah wherein isaiah says there's going to be a messiah that's going to come and he's going to do these things jesus begins to declare that he is anointed. The spirit of the Lord God upon him, it has anointed him. And we need to understand the purpose of the anointing is not tingles. The purpose of the Holy Spirit upon us is not feel good emotions. The purpose of the anointing of the Holy Spirit on us is the anointing to break every chain. Because in fellowship with God, every chain is broken. Y'all ought to give God some praise for that right there, right? So whatever your issue is, Jesus said to them, so he says to them, he reads the scripture. He rolls it up. And then he gives it back to the attendant. They're looking at him. He's looking at them. And he says, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. He says, what Isaiah was prophesying about, I have now come to become. How many of y'all know that was thousands of years ago?
1: And and, and the great part of that, you know, if you begin to study that out, you understand (laughs) That that entire scripture, him reading from that scroll, he was reading from the scroll that described what we know as Jubilee to them. And we know that Jubilee happened every so many years. And, and, and Jubilee was an opportunity that if people was in bondage financially, they got the, they got out of their financial bondage. If they were enslaved to somebody or indebted to somebody, they got free. And if you understand what Jesus was saying, what he was saying to them is you no longer are going to have to wait. For, for freedom, for you're not going to have to wait for rescue, for Jubilee to happen. Today, Jubilee is being fulfilled in your ears because I am your Jubilee every single day. And so when he read that, he was trying to get, the, and that's why it infuriated them. They understood what he what he what he was saying, but they was like, "Wait a minute! How are you telling us you are Jubilee? We know Jubilee is it means freedom. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. It means peace. How are you telling us you are the peace? But that's literally what he was saying. I am Jubilee. I am your answer. I, f- whatever bondage you are in." I have been made manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. And I mean, it's it's such a powerful thought when you think about he wasn't just reading. The reason he was reading that particular scroll is because he was trying to let them know, I am your Jubilee. I am your Jubilee. In, in fact, in, in the vernacular, he was saying it like this. You've been free. <laughs> You've been, you been free since I showed up. I was manifest. The reason I left heaven to come to earth was for one purpose. It was to destroy the works of the <laughs> devil. Every work he had ever done, my job was to undo it. I am here to undo it. And the reality of it is, is if we will allow Jesus into our lives, if we will allow that anointing into every part of our lives, there would be no bondage anywhere in our lives because Jubilee
0: would show up everywhere in our lives. Man, that is so good. You know, when you were saying that, you know what I thought about? Our deliverance is not a long range plan. Yep. And, and, and so some of you may be thinking, if this is indeed is true, why are so many of us struggling? you're not going to like what I'm going to say, but if you receive it, it'll free you. You believe in your struggle more than your Jesus. You believe in your past more than your Jesus. You believe in your money problems more than your Jesus. You believe in your medical diagnosis more than your Jesus. And because you believe in that more than your Jesus, you have limited what Jesus is in you and and we know that it's true because it's the reason people say things like I'm going to be healed mm-hmm. no jubilee has come I am healed it causes my body to conform to what has been declared he is my provision it causes my resources to conform to what he said He is my peace. It causes my mind to regulate. And I really think the challenge is, is that, let me try to use this example right here. There is a difference in going to coaching and therapy, hoping they can do something to heal you and going because you believe you are already healed. Because when you believe that God has given doctors and coaches and therapists and all of these people in order to bring into man- into reality what has already been declared over you, you show up in the space different. Yes, I may still be having this emotion, but Jesus has set me free. Yes, I may still remember these memories, but Jesus has set me free. So I begin to put my tr- relationship with jesus on top of my problems and i begin to put my relationship with jesus underneath my problems until they smush my problems and i am walking in freedom
1: yeah jesus is always going to be what you believe him to be he is but, and we, we see this in scripture because the bible says that jesus went to a particular town and the bible says he could not do many works there now now it what, was was that because jesus was limited in that particular town no. Was it because he was low on power that day? Not at all. Was it because he, didn't, he forgot how to heal and deliver and cast out demons? Come Not on. at all. The Bible says he couldn't do many, many works there, many miracles there, because the people didn't believe he could. And so if you believe in your problem more than you believe in your Jesus... If you believe in your financial situation more than you believe in the anointing to change that situation, you're Jesus. Then, then, then whatever you believe is what you become. And that is a difficult mm. thing for people because they don't want to hear that. They want to hear, no, 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 I love Jesus more than my financial problems. No, because you are, you, 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 in your, if you are if you could strip away all of the protection that you're trying to use to say uh, what you're saying, your heart would, would show you. And Jesus is cool with that. He's like, okay, it's fine. But let me show you, if you would admit, that's what he says, if if those who, those, if they would admit they couldn't see, they could see. If they would admit they couldn't hear, they could hear. He says, and then you could be changed and converted. But the problem is you keep telling yourself that you're not more committed to your lack than you are to your answer. But everything you do shows up showing that you're more committed to your lack. What we have to learn to do is to put Jesus in his proper place. Come on. And if we learn to put Jesus in his proper place, then every other thing in our life begins to get demolished because of the anointing. Nothing, any anti-anointed thing in our lives gets destroyed because of the anointing.
0: I love that. And see, anti-anointing is also anti-Christ. Mm-hmm. That's why in First John it says there will be many anti christ What is an antichrist? An antichrist is a lie that tries to minimize what Christ has come to do. Antichrist is the lie that says you always have to struggle with anxiety. It is the lie that says you always have to struggle with identity. It is the lie that says that you have to struggle with lust. It is anything that contradicts what Jesus said. And what we need to do right now, I feel this by the Holy Ghost, is that there are things the Holy Spirit is bringing up to us right now Things that we have exalted above Jesus and we have made, they are anti-Christ operating in our life. So while we say we have accepted Jesus, we have these little anti that are running rampant and today we need to kick them mm. out of our lives. Jesus is our Jubilee. You need to begin to prophesy. He is our Jubilee. I don't care what your struggle is. I don't care what your diagnosis is. I don't care how long you've had the issue is. I want you to begin to cast that thing down. That's what 2 Corinthians 10 tells us. It says, casting down every imagination. What's an imagination? An antichrist. Mm -hmm. An imagination is an antichrist. What does it look like? It looks like this. It looks like, Latanya, the enemy saying to you, I know you hear what they're saying, but you can't be as free as they say because X happened to you. Right. That's, Antichrist. That's Antichrist. Do y'all see what the Antichrist is? I know you've heard that this is a season of great ease, but it can't be great ease for you because you're a single mother. That is Antichrist. And you've got to begin to identify the thoughts of the Antichrist and throw them down. You must put them under your feet. And right now you're about to break covenant with the Antichrist thoughts that you have allowed to rule. Go ahead and let's get rid of them now in Jesus' name.
1: Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. is my jubilee.
0: He is my jubilee. And can you see this? Can you see? That's why the Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing Mm -hmm. of our mind. That is why it is arrogant for any of us to believe that we don't still have some thoughts that seek to limit us, that we don't still have some situations that seek to limit us. And if we are not careful, we will normalize the bondage that Jesus has set us Mm -hmm. free from. Stop normalizing your bondage. I don't care that the world says you always have to be overcome by grief. I don't care that the world says you always have to manage it. I don't care that the world says a recession is coming. You must declare that Jesus is your Jubilee and you must break covenant. I can't do it for you. Yep. Pastor Ellen can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. You must break covenant with every lie. I want you to begin to ask the Lord right now. Show me every lie that I believe. Show me every lie that I have come into agreement with and Break up with it now and as those Lies come up you put them in the comments You call them out because the Bible Says Jesus made an open show Of them don't hide it no This is a lie that the enemy told me I'm done with that I am done with that. I don't care that my mama had it too. I don't care that ain't nobody in my family never done it. I don't care that I've been walking through this for 13 months. I do not care. Jesus is my Jubilee and I take him at his word. Come on, guys. You need to get excited about this and you need to grab this by faith and you need to take it. Amen. Because the Bible says in Luke 4, That the spirit anointed Jesus to preach the gospel to the poor. That's what we're doing right Mm -hmm. now. Any area that you are poor in, we have come to tell you Jesus is the answer. Mm -hmm. Any area you are lacking in, we have come to tell you that Jesus is the answer. And then it says the next thing he came to do is to proclaim Freedom to the prisoners. Mm -hmm. How long have you been in prison? I came to tell you that the prison doors are open. The prison doors are open. Get up and walk out. Amen. I want you to hear me. If you decide to be free, and I'm going to show you this in scripture in a minute. If you decide to be free, all of heaven will back you and ain't a devil in hell that can keep you. Amen. There is not a devil in hell that can keep you. There is no generational curse. There is no lie of the enemy. There is no diagnosis. There is no credit report. There is no job market report that is big enough to keep you if you move towards Jesus. Amen. Then it says recovering of the sight to the blind. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening right now. We are being illuminated because anytime we can see here and understand, we shall shall be converted. We shall be converted. So whatever lie you believe, truth has hit your house. Now here's what you got to do. Everybody put this in the comments. Hold Hold on to truth.
1: Hold on to truth.
0: Hold on to truth. Some of you live in this zigzag of being delivered and getting in bondage again, because when the thought comes back, you come back into agreement with the thought. And
1: I have to say, you got to know what truth is.
0: Come on. Truth
1: is not, truth is not just what uh, you believe it to be. The word, I want to say this, the word of God is true. The word of God is true. So when we say, hold on to truth, I'm telling you to hold on to what God has said hold on to what God has declared. I don't care what the doctor report says. I don't care what the economy says. I don't care what the experts say. If it doesn't line up with what God has said, I don't hold on to that. I'm not saying that I walk around with my heads in the cloud and I don't believe anything. I'm saying that whatever is true, I make whatever is in this world line up to that truth.
0: Absolutely. I
1: hold on to truth.
0: And I want to add this. I don't care what you feel. Yep. We don't live by how we feel. I am not telling you that we don't acknowledge how we feel. I am telling you that we acknowledge how we feel for one purpose to bring our feelings into alignment with the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. You have to understand this. Our marriage got changed because we stopped living by how we felt. We started living by what God said. Here was the promise over our lives. The promise over our lives is that he would give us a marriage with days of heaven on the earth. when he said it, we were living in hell yep. when we said when he said it, it did not look like it was obtainable. But what we did was we stopped living by how we felt. Mm-hmm. Many of you are so consumed by what you feel. Here's what I mean you eat right when you feel like mm. it, you, you exercise. When you feel like it, you read scripture, when you feel like Mm -hmm. it, you come to the huddle and prayer, when you feel like it, you do what you feel. And as long as you do what you feel, the enemy will boss your life. Because if you live by how you feel, the enemy will move you however he wants to move you and he uses your thoughts and emotions to do it.
1: I think so much about that scripture in Psalms it says my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. It never says anything about whether they feel like it or not. Come on. It's a declaration of what is to be done. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my imagination, intellect they shall make a boast unto the Lord. When? When I feel good? When I feel bad? Both. When it, my, I determine. I don't I don't wait till I feel like it. I don't wait till it's the right time. I do it because I am in control of myself. My emotions are not in control of me. Come on. And I think that's very important for us to understand that. And
0: you need to uproot your emotions mm-hmm. as Lord of your life. Mm-hmm. Literally, I was talking to a young man when we were on a trip and he was saying to me that he could not stop fornicating. Yep. And I said to him, it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. And I said, and the reason that you won't is that you meditate on your lust and your desire more than you meditate on pleasing God. And so you keep ending up in a situation that keeps bringing you grief Because you keep meditating on how you feel that your body wants this release and you keep exalting the fact that your body wants this release over the fact that you can be constrained by the Holy Ghost. And until you make a decision that you care more about what God has said and your ability to have self-control, you'll keep ending up here. Why? Because your feelings keep leading you to her house. Your feelings keep leading you to send them texts. Your feelings keep leading you. Where are your feelings lead you? And I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. Your feelings will always lead you away from Jesus. Your feelings are going to lead you. Your feelings are going to tell you it's okay to cuss people out. Your feelings are going to tell you that you don't have to forgive people. Your feelings are going to tell you even in the course of a day, if you're married, you know this, you can wake up and be like, oh, I love you so much. A few minutes later, you can be like, oh, you get on my nerves. I can't believe you're asking me to do that. Listen, where are your feelings leading you? Stop letting your feelings lead you into bondage.
1: That's why, the, that's why we, we are taught that we have to uh, constrain our emotions. Constrain because our emotions, our flesh. The Bible calls it, and it's, 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 um, what is the What is the word that it used? Uh, it says that, uh, we are, I forget the word, but basically, our flesh is anti to God. Enmity, in, enmity, uh, our flesh is enmity with God. In other words, whatever God wants, our flesh wants the opposite. And so, if we are not careful, then we will allow our emotions. Uh, to carry us in a direction that's far from God because it's enmity with God.
0: That's so good because what did you just say? You said our feelings are going to lead us at opposite of God. Mm-hmm. Well what what? Because Jesus is life. Mm-hmm. What's the enemy? death. Mm-hmm. He wants to steal, kill and destroy and so what he does is that he you I just want you to be in the check this week how many different emotions you have. I want you to check how you can watch the news and have an emotion, how you can read a Facebook post and have an emotion, how you can have an interaction with a person. You can be driving and have an emotion. Your emotions are too fickle. My emotions are too fickle to be led by them. And to be clear,
1: God gave us feelings so he wouldn't give us something that was bad. Feelings themselves are not bad. Being led by your feelings yes, is bad. Yes. In the same way that we say all the time that when people say the money is the root of all evil, that is incorrect. It is the love of money, it is the long, the wrong relationship with money that's the root to all evil. So feelings aren't bad. God, They're didn't, not. God didn't create us to be robots. We need we need our feelings so we get to interact. With, with the father in the spiritual realm and those kind of things, we we need feelings because that's how that's how I identify that you are my partner. There was a love there. We need fi- we need feelings. That's how we love other people. Feelings are not bad. Being led by those feelings is what is wrong. Oh, Being so controlled good. by those feelings that's is so what's good. wrong. So I don't want people going, "Oh, I need to get rid of my feelings. Push all my feelings down." No, no, no. What you need to learn to do is to be constrained. So when your feeling is pulling you in a direction opposite of truth, that's why you say, hold on to truth. I'm holding on to truth. My emotions want me to go this direction. Then what I got to learn is, okay, this is not a feeling I need to give into. Mm. There are some feelings I want to I give into. I want to give into the feeling of love in my wife and my kids. That's, that's, a, that's a feeling I, to. I want to give into. What I don't want to get into is a feeling of love in somebody else's wife. <laughs> right? I mean, right. that's a wrong feeling. And so the, in, in, in in a romantic sense, and so that, so it's nothing wrong with emotions, nothing wrong with feelings, but they must be led by them. You can't be, you can't be led by them. You must be led by the Lord.
0: So we want to subject our feelings to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because even we must if, be constrained. We, we must Holy be constrained Spirit. because even if you use the example of loving your wife and loving your kids, mm-hmm. Right. If you don't subject that love to mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, you will disobey God in the name of loving your family. People do it all yeah. the time. We want to subject bring our feelings under constraint of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which is why we need truth. Now what's they go do? It's the next thing Jesus came to do was to set the oppressed free. Mm-hmm. That's going to set us free. When we begin to live under the truth of God's word, we're going to come into new levels of freedom. I am so much freer than I thought I was when I thought I was free doing my own thing. Now, I'm going to say that again so you can hear it. How many can testify and you understand what I'm saying? When I thought I was free, I actually wasn't free. I was in bondage because I was led by my feelings. I was led by my emotions. I was led by my desires and I was led by my lust. And I thought I was free, but I was, I was deceived right? And as I have submitted my life to the Lord, what I find is that I am more free than I have ever been before. Because how many of you were people and maybe you did everything you was big and bad enough to do, but you also felt the consequences of it. You also felt the guilt of it. You felt the shame of it. You felt the destruction from it. Man, freedom is found in Christ. It is not found in just living without restraint and doing what we want to do.
1: And, and, and here's the thing. I am freer now than I was last year. Come on. And that's not even about doing something wrong. It's just that as you walk with Christ, he reveals a things that you may not have even known about yourself that if you allow him to have access to, he'll free you in those areas. So our freedom is progressive. We ought to be more free this year than we were last come yeah. on so my freedom ain't just about whether i'm out here wilding out because i think sometimes people think well i ain't out here wilding out i ain't doing drugs i ain't having sex i ain't robbing i ain't stealing Freedom ain't just about being free from those kind of things. It's about being free from the things that hold you back from being all that God would have you to be. That's so good. And so your freedom ought to be progressive. It should be
0: better. You should be more free this year than you were last year. Absolutely. And don't settle for anything less. And then you need to understand that the last thing Jesus came to do was to proclaim the time of God's favor we receive God's favor through Jesus Christ. We don't receive favor because we do everything right. We receive favor because he did everything right, right? So this word anointed, This word anointed, it's a Greek word that means kiro. It means the Holy Spirit consecrated Jesus to the Masonic office and furnished him with the power to administer the office. Now, this is so good because all it means is just a fancy way of saying what we've been saying, which is that Jesus has set set me free. That God not only created himself in flesh, and put his spirit on top of himself to free us. But he gave him all the power that was necessary. So God is not trying to conjure up the power to get you free. Mm-hmm. God is not looking for a new breakthrough or a discovery to get you free. In Christ, you are free. Mm-hmm. Somebody shout, in Christ, I am free. I am free. In Christ, I am free. In Christ, I am free. Who's receiving this today? Who is taking this by faith? You're taking this into your soul. You're using this to bring your emotions into subjection to the Holy Spirit. This needs to be the day that this is the last time some of you are entertaining that you aren't loved, Mm -hmm. that you are entertaining, that you aren't enough. You have been delivered. Do not go back. When those thoughts come up, you got to open your mouth and say, that is a lie. And I refuse to give in. Mm -hmm. I refuse to give in. I need y'all to understand this. Hear what I'm about to say. Freedom does not mean the thought never comes again. Right. Hear what I'm saying. Because many of you do not understand that the manipulation of the enemy is that you come out of covenant with something and then the thought comes back and now you think because you thought it, you must be it. But we tell you all the time, don't believe everything you think. And just because a thought comes over your head, comes through your mind, you don't have to own it and pull it down.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about the four things you have to tame. We talk about taming your mind. We talk about taming your tongue, taming your temperament, taming your team. and taming of your faults, you got to remember what the word tame means. It, it, and you think about it, I think about it in terms of the dogs that we have, right? We have two dogs and they've been trained but there are still times that they have impulse control issues about doing certain things. Mm. Well, when they do that, we don't, we don't say, Oh, well, they're not trained. We remind them of what they are supposed to do. And so if they are, if we're working on impulse control with the dogs, then when we get ready to give them a treat, we give them a treat and we sit the treat in front of them and they cannot move until we say so. What are we doing? We're taming that impulse control. That is what needs to happen. The Holy Spirit is our constraint. He is the one who tames those thoughts. Doesn't mean the thought doesn't come. What it means is when I get the thought to give her a call, to go over to her house late at night, to do something I ain't supposed to do. When the thought comes, I tame it, right? I, 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 I say, nope, th- that is not Christ-like. Th- that's my flesh trying to lead me astray. I hit the pause button. I do all the things we've talked about in order to tame that thought. It doesn't mean that the next night the thought won't come again. But I keep taming it. And when I, when I tame it over time, what I'm doing is I am lessening its ability to pull on my impulse. And that's what when people say. that they're, they're drawn away by the what? The lust of their own flesh? How are they drawn away? Mm-hmm. It's an impulse. Life. It's
0: an impulse. Most
1: of the sin that people create is on impulse. They, they, somebody say something to you, you cuss them out. On what? Impulse. You, you you see some money that's not yours and you, you you think you want it and you take it and you it, what you do it on what? Impulse Most of the people who are who actually are trying to live for God, they are doing things wrong based on impulse. And so if you learn to tame your faults, then you learn to tame that impulse. It doesn't mean the thought doesn't come. It means that you learn to overcome that thought. Man,
0: you've been giving us good
1: stuff. I've <sighs> been mean, thinking it, about this for no, no, a No, you've been lot.
0: giving us good... But I, I want y'all to think about it. I want I want you to think about it like this. Here's really what happens for a lot of people in the thinking-feeling cycle. You think a thought. The issue is not that you thought it. The issue is you start to meditate on mm-hmm. it. You start to cycle that thought, Right. I'm going to give you an example. This has happened to everybody on this live. You have been in a situation where something happened and at the time it did not bother you. And then somebody else said to you, did you see how they looked at you? Did you see how they said that to you? Did you read that tone in their email? And now something that initially did not bother you at all because you begin to meditate and cycle. Well, what did they mean when they said that? I, You know what? You're right. That tone did seem a little funky. And then what you do is that when you get in that meditation cycle, instead of saying, I don't care, I wasn't bothered by it in the beginning. So even if they meant something by it, I don't care if they meant something by it or not. I choose to still feel the way that I felt. No, 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 no. You then call somebody else who was in the room and say, babe, did you notice I felt like she looked at me funny. I felt like one of the kids was extra disrespectful. And then before you know it, your feelings have taken you into a state and that is how people end up missing the mark. But if you can do it in the negative, you can do it in the positive. So just like you could meditate and keep reading that text, looking for the tone, keep reading that email, looking for the tone, keep rehashing that, you could do what the Bible says and think on whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things be of a good report. This is why this part about taming your thoughts is so important because it is impossible to live free with an undisciplined
1: mind. Amen. That's why we talk, that's why we encourage you. We don't just say it because we we don't want you to have anything else to do. We say, Hey, you ought to be reading that guiding word. Why? Because you're meditating on it. You know, I get it. That's why you've asked me so many times to talk about the dream. It's, it's you know, it's it's because every time. You hear it, you get a different piece of it because you weren't, you didn't experience the dream. Well, every time we read a piece of scripture, we get a different, uh, piece of it because we, we weren't the authors of it. It's, it's living, God gives us something more to it. And so, if you can meditate on something in the negative direction, then you can meditate on something in a positive direction. Meditation works because it's cycling those thoughts. And so, if you learn to cycle the right thoughts, You learn to have the right behaviors you learn to have the right behaviors you learn to have the right actions the right actions will lead you to the right destiny and all of those things that we we, we, we've talked about for years but it begins with you learning how to tame those thoughts and you tame those thoughts by holding on to truth i love what you said about that you got to hang on the truth you
0: got to hang on the truth but let's say i want to give you all a practical example let's say you struggle with fornication or you struggle with pornography right And what happens is the thought comes and you begin to meditate on it and you begin to take the memories. But what if you begin to interject and you begin to say, no matter how much my body wants that, I would not dare dishonor the Lord like that. Mm -hmm. No matter how much my body may crave that, I would not minimize the work of Christ like that. What if you imagine that in this room that you having so much illicit sex that you're not supposed to be having, you imagine that Jesus was sitting there? There are things you can do in your own mind to retrain your behavior. You know, one of the things I love Jesus has, and
1: I, I say it because I've said that to somebody one time, and in the truth of it is Jesus has to have some importance to you. If Jesus and I if, if Jesus doesn't have importance to you, you don't care that Jesus is sitting there while you're doing what you're doing. Oh wow! I mean, I mean and it's just yeah, it's true. true. If you're not, if Jesus is not top of mind, if he's not, if you have not put him in a place of reverence, if Jesus doesn't mean that much to you, you can do whatever you do because it just doesn't mean it. It doesn't mean that much. And so I, I had, I had, to, I had to when I was talking to people, I was saying that to them, and I started saying the first thing you got to do is you got to make Jesus important in your life because because you because here's the thing. You might would do it with Jesus there, but would you do it if your mama was there? Mm. Would you do it? Because you esteem certain people in your life. So I say to them, who, who have you esteemed highly in your life that you wouldn't do that in front of? Whoever that is, place Jesus above them. And then once you've done that, once you can get to that place, then you wouldn't be doing some of that stuff you would, you would do it.
0: Here's a great example. We were laughing about this the other day you know, whenever, when the boys were little and we used to take them to the barbershop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the barber would always tell people not to curse in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I would always say, if you curse in front of Jesus, who am I? Yep. If you'll curse in front of Jesus, who am I? If you'll do it. But I think it goes to your point that for many of us, Jesus is an abstract construct. He's a, a,
1: he's a historical deity that we've read about and that we think we need so we don't burn in hell. But
0: other than that,
1: how much importance have we placed on
0: it? I, I said this the other day on my Facebook page. There is no scenario that I am not your wife. Right. I remind I, that in any scenario, I'm your wife. I am weighing my decisions. By being your wife mm-hmm. So I might be in a situation Where it could be easy to say something That seems flirty But I'm your wife right? And so because I'm your wife I'm not going to do that How important is Jesus to you? That's the question How important is Jesus to you? Because when Jesus becomes important to you You will rearrange your life you We can tell who's important By how you rearrange your life really? We know that having kids does not in itself require the rearranging of everybody's life. But everybody don't rearrange their life for their children. But if your children are important to you, you rearrange your life. If your spouse is important to you, you rearrange your life. Some of you could just stop and ask yourself this question. Is Jesus as important to you as your job is? Mm. Because you will rearrange everything to make sure you get that paycheck what will you rearrange in your life to experience the freedom has for you? Tell your neighbor you got to move some furniture. Mm. You got to move some furniture. You need to rearrange. You need to redecorate, right? I want to give you guys two examples. I'm gonna take one. Pastor Evans gonna take one. We're gonna talk over them. But I want that you gotta move some furniture, guys. And and this is two examples of moving some furniture right here. So there are two places that we see this, that when this dream that Pastor Edwin saw, that God turns him and he sees Jesus, and as Jesus is walking by, people start to get free, right? I want to start with Jesus meeting the lunatic. All right, so Jesus met a lunatic, and the scripture is Mark five, one through 20. And I'm not going to read all of the scripture. You need to go read all of it, but I am going to read some of the scripture for you. And I'm reading from the Phillips Testament. This is Mark five, starting with verse one, right? It says, "So, so they arrived on the other side of the lake in the County of the Gazerines. As Jesus was getting out of the boat, a man in the grip of an evil spirit rushed to meet him from among the tombs where he was living. It was no longer possible for any human being to restrain him, even with a chain. Indeed, he had frequently been secured with fetters and lengths of chains, but he simply snapped the chains and broke and and he had simply snapped the chains and broken the fetters in pieces. No one could do anything with him. All through the night, as well as all in the daytime, he screamed among the tombs and on the hillside, and he cut himself with stones. Now, as soon as he saw Jesus in the distance, he ran and knelt before him, yelling at the top of his voice, what have you got to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high? For God's sake, don't torture me. I really like this scripture right here. I like this scripture right here because it shows us Jesus's response to mental illness. Mm -hmm. This man don't just have a little anxiety. Listen, this dude is what we would call Cray Cray. He is Cray Cray. As the old folks would say, we would say Junior is crazy as a road lizard. Listen, they can't, it says no man could do anything with him they could not chain him they could not fetter him i had to look it up fetter is when they tie to your feet Mm -hmm. they could not chain him they could not fetter him in one in one translation it says and they couldn't keep any clothes on him Mm -hmm. he screamed all day long and i want to speak to a parent who has this as an issue and he was a cutter Mm -hmm. And he was a cutter. I love what Shivandra just said, but there is a Christ for crazy. There is a Christ for crazy. But I love this right here. Nobody could do anything for him. But when he ran to Jesus, those devils could not hold him. Mm -hmm. Hear what I'm saying to you. I don't care what you have been diagnosed with. I don't care what is happening in your mind. If you run to Jesus, you cannot be contained. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, if you keep going, verse eight, it says, for Jesus had already said, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, for there are many of us. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of times when we do deliverance, we like to name all of the spirits. But Jesus didn't name all the spirits. He said, all of y'all, come out of him now in Jesus' name. And then he begged and prayed for them not to send them out of country. This won't go into the But I want to tell you all this because I looked up a legion. because This blessed me right here because I had always heard that a legion was a thousand soldiers. But I decided to look it up and see whether that was actually true or not. According to Vines Expository Dictionary, a legion is a body of soldiers whose numbers differ at different times. And in the time of Augustus, which would have been the time of this writing, it seems to have consisted of 6,826 men, 6,100 foot soldiers, and 726 men on horseback. So literally, this man potentially had 7,000 tormenting spirits, And not one of them could stand when he threw himself in the face Mm -hmm. of Jesus. 626. That means he had probably every diagnosis named to man. He couldn't keep his clothes on. He cut himself. He couldn't stop screaming. He couldn't stay chained. He didn't have any peace. He was tormented on every hand, but when he saw Jesus and ran to Jesus, not one of those spirits could keep him. I want you to begin to decree and declare, not one spirit can keep my mind.
1: Yeah, Think about that. The anointing showed up, and even though every one of those 7,000 demons had a different assignment, Ooh! they had a different assignment. That same anointing was available for that one man in every problem that he had.
0: So in one man, in one man, in one man, that Christ, the anointing was seven thousand solutions. Seven thousand solutions. And did you hear what we just said? In, in one, one man, man, the anointing was seven thousand solutions. So when
1: God says there's a Christ for that, that's what He means for that. It's like almost like when He told, um, who was it? He told a. Uh, was it Moses, uh, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he told Moses to go to Pharaoh and Pharaoh, and he said, well, well who, who am I gonna tell him, uh, uh, send me? He said, tell him, I am that, I, I am that, what that what, whatever you need me to be, tell, tell him, I am that I am sent you. Who is that I am? That, the anointing, whatever it is you need, I am that for you. And literally, that's what he's that's what he's saying. That Christ is the answer. He is our jubilee. He is our solution. There is a Christ for that.
0: Is this so good to you? In that one man, there were seven thousand solutions. So stop letting the enemy make you think God can't deal with one anxiety Come spirit. On. Stop letting the enemy make you think that God can't deal with one depression spirit. With your one, one marriage. <laughs> with your one marriage. With your one money issue. With your one low credit score. Come on. He was 7,000 solutions. With just that one, one man. Well just, just that one man. Minute. Come on and let's exalt Jesus for who he is. Come on, let's put him in his proper place, Right in a seemingly impossible situation for this man to ever have a sound mind. You got to realize every expert in the region had said there was no hope Mm -hmm. for that man. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Every expert in the region, they had had conferences about him. They had met, basically, they had just put him with the dead folks. Mm -hmm. They had left him to die. They had put him in the tombs. But when Jesus showed up, They could not keep him banned. I need somebody to invite Jesus into your situation. You need to invite Jesus into your home. You need to invite Jesus into your mind. You need to, I love what Jasmine said. And she said, thank God we know the solution. His name is is Jesus Jesus." at the name of Jesus. Do y'all just understand why this scripture takes on new meaning when it says at the name of Jesus, Mm -hmm. every knee shall bow. Mm -hmm. Now here's what we know. We know even if it wasn't 7,000 demons, we know it was at least 2,000 demons because those 2,000 demons went into 2,000 pigs and caused them to commit suicide. So literally the torment of those demons caused 2,000 pigs to commit suicide. Think about the torment this man was in. Think about what is happening to this man that it drives two thousand pigs to go over a cliff, and then one encounter with Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say, "All it takes is one word All from God." All it takes is one word. From All God. it takes is one word from God. Amen. But but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something because this is this this is really what I really want to get in. Verse 13, it says, then Jesus allowed the pigs to do this. They came, the spirits to do this. They came out of the man, they made off and they went into the pigs. The whole herd of about 2,000 stampeded down the cliff into the lake and was drowned. The swineherds took to the hills and spread the story in the city all over the countryside. Then the people came to see what happened. As they approached Jesus, they saw the man who had Being devil possessed, sitting there properly closed, perfectly sane, the same man who had been possessed by Legion, and they were really frightened. Mm. This totally trips me out when I read this. They were scared of him when he was crazy, and they were scared of him when he was sane. Mm. This man literally. The scripture tells us he can't keep his clothes on. He's cutting himself. He's breaking chains. He's hollering and he's screaming. Mm. But when they show up and the man is in his right mind, they are afraid of him because they don't know Jesus. What do you want to say? Because I saw that well, smile.
1: Well, when I when I think about that, when you read that, and I'm sure what you said is 100% true. I was just thinking, though, that in our own personal lives, it says the same man who had been possessed by Legion, and they were really frightened. They were frightened because they had gotten so used to seeing that man tormented. Sometimes sometimes in life, people get so used to seeing you go through what you're going through that when you accept Jesus and make a change, they're still afraid of you because they don't know what you've become because they've been so used. Some of your family members don't know what to do with you because they've been used to you being so emotional. They've been used to you being so crazy. They've been used to you ne- ne- being the one in their family never to have. But now that you've come out of that, they don't know what to do with you. Why? Because they're afraid because you don't look like what you used to. And I was thinking, man, here is this man who had legion, who was cutting himself. He, he, I, I, I'm a, I, in, my, in my mind, he don't even have the scars anymore. Because when Jesus does something, he does it all the way. Well, are you, so, I would so he say doesn't he don't have the scars so because he got clothes. He doesn't have the scars anymore. He's properly dressed. He is sane in his right mind, but yet they are afraid of him. Why? Because they don't know what's happened to him. Because as you said, they don't have a revelation of, of what this Jesus really can do. And they like, how is it possible for somebody to be like that and now be like this? And that ought to be how radical our change is when we encounter God. The people who knew us as crazy say, how in the world can that constrict
0: can now be like this when it used to be like that? So it was just a thought I had when I was reading through that. No, that's so good. I want you to invite God to do a radical work in your life, to do a radical work in your life. No, no. I want you to say to Jesus, I want you to say, Jesus, I appreciate the incremental change, but I want something radical in my life. You, you you can set me all the way free Because you realize that one of the reasons That Jesus has the piecemeal Freedom to us is our Capacity and desire to be free But I believe it's 80 people on here Today that's like no you can do something radical In my life you can make me the Testimony you can make me the Reason they're astounded you can Use me in my city you can Use me in my neighborhood You can use me in my family Come on and do mm-hmm. something radical in my life I don't need no peace See when you go to therapy You gotta go to so many sessions But God I'm inviting you Go ahead and give me about 100 therapy sessions In about 15 minutes Go ahead and do something radical in my life I am open for it And then you gotta be careful When
1: God does something radical That you don't people like the people people Because in the scripture if you read that The Bible says that it was the people who had saw it Had to tell the people who didn't see it Because there were people who came after they heard about what had happened. And it was like, whoa, this this the crazy dude? This is him now? It says, and they were frightened. The Bible says, but the people who saw it happen began to explain to them what Jesus had done. But then the scripture then says, then the people began to beg Jesus to leave their dish. They wanted Jesus they to They wanted leave. him gone. They wanted him gone. And you have to be careful when Jesus is performing his deliverance on you that you don't be like the people and start peopling and ask Jesus to then leave because you can't handle the new you he's calling you into.
0: Whoa, oh, that's why you gotta on. that's why you gotta come read on. your
1: Bible, you gotta actually read it. Not just hear the stories, you need to read it. Because it said they began to ask, they began to beg of him, one translation says, to leave their district.
0: They was like, you can't stay around here. You can't, this is too much. You gotta go. And I'm gonna go back to something I said at the beginning. Do you know why Jesus left? Because man has authority Mm -hmm. in the earth. And so many of you, Jesus has, as he begins to do something in your life, You say, whoa, you taking me too fast. Mm -hmm. Whoa, this is uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. And if you ask Jesus to pump the brakes by his spirit, that's what he's going to do because he only, people keep saying he is sovereign. He is sovereign but he's not a dictator. Right. So he can only free you to the degree that you surrender and partner. So the job of the enemy is to get you to resist, to put the brakes on. When you ought to be putting your when you ought to be putting your foot to the pedal and you ought to be going fast as you can go mm-hmm. you start putting your brakes on getting nervous like you need to control this let jesus do his work in your life absolutely, absolutely. now i love this absolutely so they be to beg him to leave and as he was embarking on the boat the man who was possessed he bit he said can i go to mm-hmm. he said i do not <laughs> want to be here with these people who don't believe in what just happened to me Cha.
1: She said, No, you gotta she go said, back no. to your peoples.
0: Go back. Tell them your,
1: what the tell them what the Lord has done.
0: Oh, you saints ain't gonna like this. Go home to your own people. Mm-hmm. Don't let your best testimony be at church and you're acting a fool at home. Yeah. Go home to your own people. And tell them. And tell them mm-hmm. what the Lord has done. Yes. And I this is the reason I picked this scripture. Tell them about it. And how kind Kind. he has been to you. Tell him about his kindness. I need you to turn and tell your neighbor deliverance is an act of kindness.
1: Every time Jesus sets you free from anything, it's an act
0: of kindness. It's an act of kindness. Deliverance is an act
1: act of of kindness.
0: kindness. Amen. So the man went off and began to spread throughout the 10 towns the story of what Jesus had done for him. And they were all simply amazed. Mm -hmm. Guys, don't keep your testimony to yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, tell your neighbor, say, that's what Jesus does with mental illness. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, that's what Jesus does with mental illness. Now, we're going to wrap up with this. Well, hang on with us a little while longer. What does Jesus do with physical sickness? Come on, go ahead. What does Jesus do with physical sickness? This is Luke, the 8th chapter, 43 through 48, the English Standard Version. It says, while Jesus was going to Jairus' house, the people crowded all around him. A woman who was there who had been bleeding for 12 years. She had spent all of her money on doctors, but no doctor was able to Mm. heal her. The woman came behind Jesus and touched the bottom of his coat. At that moment, her bleeding stopped. Then Jesus said, "Who?" Touched me. And they all said. They had not touched him. And then Peter said. Master. People all around you. Pushing against you. And Jesus said. But someone. Touched me. I felt power. Mm -hmm. Power. Go out of me. And when the woman. Saw she could not hide. She came forward shaking. She bowed down before Jesus. While everyone listened, she told him why she touched him. And then she said she was healed immediately immediately when she touched him. And Jesus said to her, my daughter, you are made well because you believe. Go in
1: Peace. Mm -hmm. There's that word again. Now,
0: here is this woman. This woman has been going to the doctor for 12 years. This woman had an issue of internal bleeding. Script commentary said she literally was hemorrhaging and she had a cycle that did not stop. She had, you got to understand that in the time that she lived in, it's not the time that we lived in now, right. living in now. No. As a woman who was bleeding, she was not even supposed to leave her home.
1: She shouldn't have even been inside the city.
0: She was supposed to be outside the city gate. She put herself at risk by just coming being there. to touch yes. Jesus. But another translation said that she said, if I can just touch him, I will be made whole. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor there is a touch and there is a touch. Mm -hmm. There's a touch and there is a touch. There is a touch that is a begging and there is a touch that is a taking. And when she touched him, she took healing from him. She said, I know he is the healer. I know he is the only one who heals. And if I touch him, I will be made whole. Amen. Yesterday, when I was talking to Pastor Cynthia, she was saying, once she was like, We love altar calls. She says, But one of the biggest challenges with altar calls is people come to the altar to be touched by us and not by Him. Mm -hmm. And that's why they don't think anything can happen until they touch by us. And she said, And God is gracious he will allow us to touch them. Mm -hmm. She said, but oh, that they would know that he would touch them right where they are. Right where they are. Right where you are. You don't need a special service. You don't need a special pastor. No, no, BJ, you are made whole. You not will be, you are made whole. I put a demand. That
1: that language matters so much. That language matters. It really, really does. I
0: am made whole yes. right now where you are you
1: are made whole because he is already our jubilee because
0: he is already our jubilee i want you to receive wholeness from jesus now yes what i love about this scripture one of my favorite scriptures in the bible is that she went for healing but he made her whole mm mm-hmm. Why is this? she just wanted the bleeding to stop? She just wanted the bleeding to bleed. And sometimes
1: stop. that's how we are in life. We just want the bleeding to stop. Come we on. want the grease to stop. We want the, the lack to stop showing up. But God is like, I have more for you than just to stop the bleeding. I want to make you whole. I want to restore things to you. I want to give you back the years that this pain and this trauma has taken from you. I want you to experience life going forward as though your past never happened. That's the kind of wholeness he is willing to, to bring to us if we are willing to allow him into our life. Because if he shows up, that's what, he's going to make us whole. He doesn't do anything half-stepping. He's not going to just heal the problem. He's going to take care of everything connected to it and everything that it would have been connected to. He's he's not just a healer. He is a whole maker. He, he does it all. He, he's a whole
0: maker. <laughs> He takes the pieces and he makes you whole. Yes. Now I want to teach you how to receive from Jesus. Even if nothing in your physical reality has changed, your soul must take this as truth. Your, you don't, I want to use Kimberly Dennis's testimony. Kimberly Dennis went to the hospital. And when she was in the hospital, they gave her a bad report about her stomach. She reached out to me and I sent her, you know, my favorite guy, T.L. Osborne is who I'ma send about healing. As she's in the hospital, they're telling her all this stuff that's wrong with her stomach, right? Mm -hmm. And she's taking everything they're saying and she's putting what Jesus said on top of that's how you do it. When she comes into the hospital, they're telling her, basically, they don't know what they're going to be able to do about this. They don't really know that they can do anything about this. They think she potentially is going to have a problem. She is going to have a problem. Forever. But here's what happens. We got our own modern day Abraham with us because the Bible says in Romans four that he didn't consider his body. So she is in the hospital, they want to do surgery, but God has told her something else. She's laying in the hospital, she's attached to machines, she's got people making reports, probably even well-meaning people are Mm -hmm. saying, Kim, just get the surgery, Mm -hmm. it'll be better. But even with the machine beeping, checking her blood pressure, monitoring her heart, even with an IV in, she is saying, Jesus has made me whole. And even in the face of great adversity, her body begins to conform to what Jesus said. And now, what they think can't be fixed without surgery, they fix without surgery. And God gives her some instructions. To ensure it doesn't happen again. That's what go in peace means. Yes. It means go in peace means he's going to give you instructions don't to not end up back here again. That's why when he says to the woman who gets caught in adultery, yep. he says, go, go and sin no, no more. more. Yep. He says, not only does he, this is how he makes us whole. Does not Jesus not only wants to deal with the money issue today He wants to deal with the mindset that keeps causing you to be broke He not only wants to fix the fight between you and your husband today He wants to deal with the mindset that keeps causing you to end up here Baby, let me tell you something Jesus is our Jubilee And I do not care what you are facing I do not care what you have been tormented by I do not care what you have been diagnosed by. I have come to tell you on behalf of heaven that you have been set free. Take your freedom by faith. Yeah, That's no cap. That's 100. Take your freedom yeah. by faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take your freedom by faith. Yep. As I was, we were studying these scriptures last night, I was reminded of when Caleb was a little boy. And when Caleb was sick and he was throwing up. But even at, in, in in between each of the hurdles, he would and say he was little. Dude. He was little. He was probably four years old. He would say, "But I'm still healed." See, somebody needs to say, "But I'm still free." But I'm still at peace. But I'm still delivered. Yep. But I'm still whole. You gotta take it by. Faith, you cannot let the enemy use your thoughts to make you think that Jesus is a lie. You got to cast down every anti-spirit, anti-Christ spirit and say, but I am whole. My mind is regulated. I am free and I reject every lie of the enemy. Some of y'all need to throw them off. I'm going to give y'all three points and we out of here. Amen. I'm going to get three points and we out. You can go ahead and put in the comments what you're getting from this today. Number one, you want this. You must recognize Jesus as the Christ. Mm -hmm. He is the Messiah who is authorized to set you free from the dominion of the enemy. Mm -hmm. You must recognize him as the Christ. There are a lot of people all over this world who recognize Jesus, a lot of things, but they don't recognize him as the Christ. And if you don't recognize him as the Christ, you cannot be free. And you got to
1: know what that word Christ means. That word Christ is just, it's not, I keep saying it, it's not his last name. It's not his last name. It is the anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one who carries the anointing. You You must recognize the anointed one who carries the anointing with him.
0: Amen. Number two, you must come to him. What we see in both of those instances, when the man was tormenting he in his mind, to it. and when the woman had an issue of blood, the crowd. she pushed through the crowd. So tell your neighbor, run and push.
1: Run and push.
0: Run and push. Run and push.
1: But come to him. But come to him. Wherever you are in whatever situation, you cry out to him. You come to him.
0: There are some of you where you're standing right now, you need to come to him in the position of your heart. Yep jesus i've been separated from you jesus i've had barriers in my life between me and you jesus i have resisted your truth jesus i have accepted lies but today i am coming to you he has already made freedom available but you must come to him acknowledging that he is the only one who can free you Mm. hear what i'm saying If a pastor works, it's because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. If a coach works, it's because of Jesus. If a doctor works, Mm -hmm. it's because of Jesus. How do we know? Because we know that people go to doctors and they don't always get healed. People go to coaches and they don't always get transformed. People go to churches and nothing changes. But the Bible says it is Jesus. It is Jesus that has redeemed us. Number three, you must. Put a demand on the anointing. What does that mean? That does not mean you yelling at God. That means you must expect the power to do what power does. Mm. You must expect his power to do what power does. Which is to do what? Change. Change you. Listen, when you turn your light switch on, what do you expect to happen?
1: The lights to come on.
0: You expect the lights to come on. Immediately. Immediately. When you crank up your car, what do you expect to happen?
1: You expect it to come on immediately. (laughs) You're driving a oofty. But yes, you expect it
0: to come on immediately. (laughs) You have to have an expectation that when you encounter Jesus, you don't come begging, you come receiving what he did, and your deliverance is not a long range plan. That's it. It is now. Amen.
1: My deliver— Somebody ought to type that in the comment section. My deliverance is not a long-range plan. It is now. It is now. My deliverance is not a long-range plan. Now listen. It is now.
0: You may want to give your life to Jesus after that. Baby, if your life don't belong to Jesus after that, honey, I do not know what is wrong with you. You need to give your life to Jesus. Some of you is backslidden as the day is long. You need to come on back home to the Lord. You need to put it in the comments. I'm accepting Jesus. I'm coming back home. Many of you need to be partners in this ministry. You know this is your church home and the Lord is telling you this is your church home. Many of you, you have disconnected from the Holy Spirit. You need to reconnect to the Holy Spirit. But I Feel an anointing to pray for healing wherever your body is hurting, wherever your mind is tormented, touch it now. Mm-hmm. Tell it to go now, and then check your body and begin to testify. Send that anxiety out the door. Send that depression out the door. Send that perversion out the door. Send that lying tongue out the door. Send them bad knees out the door. And take your healing and begin to testify about what the Lord has done in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I need somebody to touch their body. I can feel it right now. One of the things that I like, there are two places in the body that the Lord really uses me a lot in his knees and back. So touch your knees, touch your back. But today I also see deliverance from stomach issues. I see deliverance from head issues. I just see total life healing for you. Take your healing now. And if your pain was at five and now it's at one or your pain was at 10 and now it's at three or now it's gone, you need to testify. If your mind was racing and now it's at peace, you need to testify about what the Lord has done. You need to move that wrist and see what you can do that Mm. you couldn't do before. Move that ankle. Stand up. See if you can touch your toes. Turn your body. Do what you couldn't do before. Check your hearing. Check your eyes. We have had over five people in this ministry, at least five people, that the Lord has documented Mm -hmm. that their doctor, their eye doctor, confirms that they no longer need their glasses. And we've had two or three people that their vision is getting better and better. Take it now by faith and testify. Glory to God. Glory to God. We love y'all so much. Yep. We, we love y'all. We do. We love y'all. I know we got some testimonies. Lay your hands on your eyes. Listen, and it's your opportunity to give. And something supernatural happens when we give. Something supernatural happens when we give ourselves to the Lord. Something supernatural happens when we give our mind to the Lord. Something supernatural happens when we give our finances to the Lord. Let me tell you something. We love you tonight. God has something good for you. You can give through Giveify, push pay, titling, text to give, PayPal for our international partners. How many of y'all want to shout out Pastor Edwin for telling that dream again? Because you know, he got to come back telling next week. Y'all know we ain't done with this. It's so much meat in this. I'm going to tell y'all what Pastor Cynthia told me, and I think everybody should do this. She said, Edwin's dream is literally the summary of Jesus' three years in ministry. Mm. She said, read the Gospels and see how Jesus touched people. And expect that everywhere you go. Amen. Amen. Everywhere you go. Read read the Gospels. You know what your reading should be this week? The Gospels. Read this story about the lunatic. Read it in the different translations. Read this story about the woman and see this dream is just a summary of what Jesus did in the earth, and now what Jesus wants to do through us. You know why? And we're- that's
1: the key. It's what He wants to do through us. He wants us to be those walking. Individuals who's walking by and sharing his anointing with others, so they too are set free. Absolutely,
0: because we're going to do like Peter and John in that now that we've received, we're going to freely give it away. So, you ain't just get healing today, man. You got to go pray for somebody, you got to lay hands on somebody, you got to minister to somebody's mind because this is not just for us to sit back, this is for us to give it away. Amen. Listen, come to church this week. You know the announcements. Come to church.
1: Come, come to Strategies for Success on Monday, Air Talk on Tuesday, prayer and Bible study on Wednesday, uh prayer on Friday. Come back here on Sunday with Pastor Chris, Neil the Elder Valley for uh worship and then join us again on Sunday morning at
0: 9:30. <laughs> we love you guys so much. So what, put what you got in the comments in the message in the comments. And if you have a testimony, and for those of you who were believing, a lot of times what happens is something will happen later. Come back to the message and say, listen, I looked up later my head and stopped turning." You gotta testify about what God is doing. And just your life. because
1: you don't feel it this moment, don't, don't let your mouth talk out, talk out of what you have, what you have declared, you know, because there have been times where something, when I was, we, we talked about this, where something didn't happen that moment. And then people will use their mouth to go, well, I guess I didn't get healed. No, no, no. If you if you received healing, you got it. I'm healed. It may take your body a moment to catch up, but you're healed. But I'm
0: healed. But you're healed. And don't let your mouth say something different. I need y'all to say I'm healed. We go in with that. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free in Jesus' name. That, that's why we're ending this thing. I'm healed. I'm delivered. And I'm set free in Jesus' name. We, uh, Brenda Jones, that's right. There is a Christ for that. Amen. All right, we love you guys so much. Share this message with somebody. Go preach it to somebody. Go Mm -hmm. lay hands on somebody. Get somebody free today because Jesus, there is a Christ for that. We love (sighs) y'all.